Hey everybody, welcome back to this week's show. And if you notice, I have a guest with me. Today I have Cyrus Wagner. Hey man. Hey, how's it going? Thanks for uh, being hey, on the show. Glad to be here. Thank you. All right, let's uh, let's jump into this. Remember, follow me on Instagram. Well, I should know this by now, but I don't. Clearly, <laughs> follow me on Instagram at the Jesus Show NTO. You can find me on Facebook, the Jesus Show, not that one. TikTok at the Jesus Show, not that one. YouTube, you can type in the Jesus Show, not that one, and you can email me your questions, comments, and concerns. The Jesus Show NTO at Gmail. Dot com and where can they find you on instagram at cyguy uh it's c-y-g-u-y-y-y and then on facebook at cyrus wagner all right yeah uh so let's talk about how yes. how we met so yes. i don't know if i told you but our friend alex mm-hmm. so you guys should know maybe you don't know uh ali and i moved to crown point before we moved to crown point we were living in vegas and before we came out here I told Allie, I said, uh, fuck, I'm going to have to find a barber. Yeah, of course. And that's she always goes, the, you know, the first thing you got to figure out. Of course. That, yeah. that, I think yeah. that's one of the important things. Absolutely. Like, you know, the house. Oh, absolutely. This, but for that. a man, you know, as one of the things, it's always, who's going to cut my hair? Exactly. You know, absolutely. So I told Allie, I said, oh, what am I going to do? And, you know, because I had my guy in LA, yeah. I had my guy in, yeah. in Vegas, and she's like, uh, let me see if I can find something. Yeah. So our friend Alex is the one that told us, hey, go to McFly's. Yeah. And yeah. I went, okay. And she she mentioned you by name. Which is awesome, you know. So then yeah. I got on Instagram. I, I checked the shop out, but mm-hmm. I was like, okay. Like, I'm not I'm not really picky. Sure. I don't think I'm picky. Sure, no. Not right? Not. Okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah, no. You're not like, in a bad mm, way, at least. Actually. At least. Yeah, no, not in a bad um, way. So I, 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 like, I saw that. There was different barbers. I was yeah. like, well, I don't know. Oh, six different people to choose from. Yeah. I was like, I don't I don't know. So I sent my my current barber who was in Vegas yeah. and then my old barber in LA. I send them both the shop's uh, Instagram and yeah. I said, Hey, can you check them out and suggest who I should go to? And yeah. they both said, Go to you. Dang. So I was that's, like, I okay. mean, that's uh, that's awesome. So then when I yeah. when I walked in to get my first haircut I was, I've never felt nervous. Sure, sure. But I was like, oh my God, like, yeah. I've seen your stuff on Instagram. Absolutely. And uh, that's, it's getting, I have to get used to that now being in the, the line of work that I'm at. Yeah. Becoming used to people saying that kind of thing. To yeah. Me because, I mean, before all of this, I was not a barber two years ago, <laughs> you know, I'm not even two years into my career yet. So that's pretty crazy. And, and I'm grateful for it, you know. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted Cyrus on the, on the podcast, just sitting down and talking to you, yeah. you know, every two, three weeks when I go mm-hmm. in, I've found your story to be very motivational sure. yeah. and inspiring and also just like crazy, like, and not crazy in a bad way, no, but just right. like, wow. Yeah. So, so that's how, we, that's how we met. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you said you've only been. Yeah. Uh, I've only been a licensed barber now for under two years, I believe March 16th will be my two-year anniversary. Oh, okay. Yes, yeah. So coming up on two years. Yes. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, wow. which is crazy, right? I know it feels like it's been years. <laughs> but I feel like I've been doing it my whole life, honestly. Yeah. But I think more than anything, that's what is important to me is to have that feeling, knowing that I'm in the right place, Yeah. you know, and doing what I love to do, you know. So what'd you do 
before in and and just real quick yeah. a lot of these questions you've already told me sure but clearly oh, absolutely they don't know and i no. want them to get to know you totally um so what'd you do before you so were yeah so i mean since you're not from the area basically a little rundown of northwest indiana is you know there was two kind of routes you could go in life you could either become you know go to go to school go to college get a college education and work a, a job a corporate job or whatever it may be or uh, there's the steel mill and for those of you who don't know what the steel mill is basically it is uh you know a corporation that makes um just just pro anything from uh cars you know from the materials that make car the seals that make car um i mean down the line to like canned products to everything so i worked at a big factory uh dirty mill that was a uh, very fun to work at. Uh, not my my mo, but I come from a family of steel workers. I mean, oh, was, okay. like I said, is very prominent around the area. So early on, going to school, I just didn't I didn't know what I wanted to do. You know, I had no clue. Um, but I was told that I, I was supposed to go to college. Yeah, I was first in my my family to go to college. My dad said, "Hey, you know, I'd like you to go to college, get an education. Don't don't follow in my footsteps. You know, this is a, a good living, but it's it's a hard living. You yeah. Know? And and I heard that. And so I tried it, you know, out of respect. And I just think as I went through school, I had no understanding of what I wanted to do. You know, I had at one point wanted to be uh, a therapist or uh, like a psychiatrist. That was one big thing for me that I had always wanted to do. Helping people has been something okay. that's come natural to me and being able to be a good listener. Uh so I try you know, to, in the chair, I yeah. feel I've 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 felt that yes from you, and that's why I feel like you know as we move forward in all of this, how it all kind of just clicked and came together for me. Yeah. Um, which furthermore down the road is like kind of where it was just customizing. You know, we were already starting that process of customizing who I wanted to be or what I was trying to go for. I just didn't know it yet. Got it. You know, were you were you really good in school? Yes. Um, up until high school. Okay. Because once high school came around, I don't know if it was just things at home um, that started kind of just going wrong just with the family. You know, everyone has their issues. And as you get older, things are tough. You know, you live in a family that's not always perfect. Yeah. And you have to find your way around it. But I just I didn't really try. I was so used to not trying. I was on the honor roll my whole life. And then once high school came around, I just I didn't take it seriously. I just there was there was nothing there that grasped my attention. Yeah. Yes. You know, that kept me, like, wanting to learn more. And so I I really gave up through school. I barely made it through. Um, I graduated. Yeah. You know. I mean, really, yes. that's all that counts. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> it, it is. You know, so I got my high school diploma, went to Indiana State for a year, and then came home. Um, is that is that IU? Yeah. Right? Well, okay. it's uh, Terre Haute. So it's Indiana State that's about an hour, somewhere around an hour north of uh, IU. Okay. okay. in that area, yeah. Um, Things didn't work out there, and then at that point, my parents um, ended up getting a divorce. And you know, for the first time in my life, I realized that you know my family wasn't perfect, and yeah. that we were going through things. And I think that kind of um, and this was after me. high school. Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah, it came out shortly after I was in college for the first year. So I mean, that changed a lot of the scope of what I was doing. It changed a lot of how I thought about things, um, just in general, morally, and. Um, from there, I just tried to go through school, tried to do what I knew best, but I just, something wasn't right. Yeah. I didn't feel right going to school. Um, just didn't feel like it was my thing, and I just didn't understand what I was doing wrong. You know, I couldn't concentrate. Just nothing really, um, really interested me. Yeah. So, I, you know, I kind of uh, gave that up. I was working for my uncle at a towing company in Chesterton, Indiana, Joe's Towing. Uh, How far is 
I've heard of Chesterton. Chesterton from here is about a 30-minute drive, 35-minute drive. Oh, okay. For me in Valpo, where I was from, um, about a 15-minute drive, you know, so. So you, you were born and raised in Valpo? I was, uh, lived in Chesterton. My whole family's from Chesterton, Indiana, but. Okay. When I was probably three years old, we moved out here to Valpo, or out to Valpo and stayed there. Oh, okay, for my, okay. For my whole career up until last year. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, it was a lot, um. Basically, after that, I just I was working at the towing company. I was very unhappy. Um, not that I, I enjoyed working for family, but I just felt like there was more that I could be doing. Yeah. Um, and so I went out to go against what my dad wanted me to do and join, tried joining the steel mill. Yeah. Um, he wouldn't help me get in. He he did not want me to be there. Really? Yes. He uh, he just said that I wouldn't like it, and and I saw what I did to him, and you know later down the road I would understand why all of this was said to me. You know, yeah. sometimes you have to go out and make the mistakes or learn for yourself yes. to really know what people are talking about. So um, I got in. My uncle Bill helped me get in uh, outside of what my dad wanted, and I worked there for eight years, and just it started out fun. You know, you you're starting a new career, you're making good money. Um, at what age did you start working I was at the mill? Twenty four. It was okay. uh, my higher end date, I believe, was March fourth, two thousand thirteen. Yeah, I was twenty four. So March, turn. March. There's a lot of changes for you. Yes. Oh, yes. Okay. Yes, at that point, so, you know, I got into that. I quickly got accustomed to the life and started making good money. And I thought, here, here we are. I've made it. Yeah. This is it. The rest of my life is 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 made. And quickly did I realize it was not the grass wasn't greener on that side of things and I found quickly enough that I was happier making less money working for my uncle at a towing company than I was making good money really yes why what why was Man, why were you happier working for your uncle I think more or less the freedom that came with it okay um at the steel mill to make good money you had to almost essentially live there and just work your life a little there and Man, that was cool at first. You see the paychecks come in, you get roped oh, into that. I'm sure. But then you realize that like your whole life around you starts to dwindle away. Your yeah. friendships with your relationships with people because you're you're chasing a buck, you know. You, yeah. Can you stay over? Yeah, no problem. I'll stay over and make some money, you know. How long how yeah. long is a typical shift? I worked eight hour shifts, but I worked swing shifts. So basically that was you know, there was day turns, there was afternoons, and there was midnight shifts. So okay. six to two. 2 to 10, and then 10 to 6 in the morning. And oftentimes, I'd be working seven days a week. Damn, really? Working all three shifts. Yes. Holy yeah, it was, shit. It was terrible. Absolutely terrible. And for the first year and a half, you know, How it was kind of... How can you do that? Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, physically? I think about it now that my workload is so much less, I had no idea how I had the stamina to do that. I think you just get wrapped Damn. up and become complacent, yeah. and you just think, this is life. This is all you see is life. This is all you know is life. Yeah. So you continue to go down that road. You know, you're making money. You're paying your bills. You're you're surviving. You're enjoying your life. So what else is there to think about? You just have to get through it. Yeah. It's a it's a, a way, you know, a living, you know. So it was tough. Uh, I quickly learned that I did not like that. Uh, but I also knew that if I was going to be scheduled like that or had to work like that, that I might as well utilize the time to pay off bills. You know, I yeah. paid off my school loans. I basically got myself out of debt real quick nice. and then once that was all done I didn't want to work like that anymore yeah so you know I just started weaning myself back um trying to work less you know I was trying to save relationships in my life come back out um you know you become pretty much uh just what's a good word for that uh just you stay inside all the time I'm trying to think of 
like a recluse yes basically you know or you a hermit I yes guess? you become that you know and you're not social anymore you know yeah. you're kind of just you know your work life becomes your family and a lot of people out there were, were kind of going through the same stuff as me they run happy physically mentally i mean it, it takes a do- you know you know it takes its toll on you you know getting off at six in the morning you know having to go home and go to bed while everybody's waking up you know the world's waking up around you yeah you know and then trying to you know get a decent amount of sleep and then have to get back up the next night and do it all again and it's weird eating lunch at 2 a.m in the morning you know that was a a big thing for me that was a struggle but once again you're just kind of running that that wheel you know and uh i started i can only say that i i know i know very little about a schedule like that yeah just because like there are trips that either we come back from Mm -hmm. or we're ending the day yeah but but the difference between us and your schedule or your old schedule yeah. is it seems like you were doing that every single day yeah as opposed to we we do it maybe once right once a month yep. maybe once a week if that and yep. then we can just like you know get out of it quick so yeah, it's not time to relax and for me it was like i said seven days a week so you are you know i would have seven day turns for the week and then it'd be a couple other shifts thrown in there to where i'd be working midnight to days you know stay, coming in at 10 p.m working till 2 p.m the next day Having to go home and sleep for four hours, come back and do it again. No shit. It was miserable. And then you figure, you know, you work, you work till two p.m. that next day after being up all night long. What is your? How are you supposed to go home and sleep? Or like, what? What do you get out of that? And by the time you get off a shift and you're gonna go to the next shift, you can't adjust. You know, you've finally been able to get some sleep, and then you have to switch your whole schedule again to, you know, go to bed at a different time, wake up at a different time. So you know, some people love it. I did not. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, no judgment to anybody in any of it, you know. Um, I just was becoming very aware of things that were bugging me and, you know, started feeling different ways, you know. Um, one of the biggest things that, that, that pretty much saved my life was, you know, going in for a haircut one day. Really? At a shop in Crown Point, you know, to where it was right after I got my job, I was kind of moving on in my life to, you know, making more money, wanting to take care of myself a little bit better, having the funds to do that because mm-hmm. growing up, you know, I didn't have a lot of money, didn't save a lot of money. Yeah. Wasn't really taught financially how to be responsible. So, you know, I got a chance to, you know, go into a barbershop in Crown Point, McFly's, and uh, I met the owner there. And Oh, that's where... That's where it all... That's, that's where, where it all started. Ten years ago. Yes, ten years ago. Wow. Yeah. Yep. So it all started. I walked in there, and, and I really just had such a great experience that kind of, you know, changed my life in a sense. I had always been very um, interested in hair, always. Like, I always liked looking good. I just never knew how to make it happen. Yeah. You know, growing up as men or as boys, we weren't really taught a lot as far as self-care or how to take care of ourselves or that it really mattered. Yeah. You know, a lot of the guys that I get in my chair today are, hey, you know, a two on the sides, finger length on top. I wear a hard hat because I work at the steel mill. So there's nothing to it. They don't, Yeah. they're not, you know, there's nothing there. And, and. So I started just understanding the importance of that and getting into it. And so then once I was there and had the experience of a, of a good haircut, I got my mind thinking, you know. And I mentioned really quickly that I was wanting to be, I wanted to become a barber. But since I had gotten into this new career, I, you know, since then bought a home, had a car payment, you know, bills. And yeah. things that, you know, I don't didn't think at the time could be covered by cutting hair. It wasn't a job that was well respected. Yeah. You know, um, and 
you Google how much a barber makes on online and you're going to see 22,000 to 30 grand a year. Yeah. So to me, I was making six figures at this time. I, I couldn't, you know, lose that money to go do this. It just yeah, wasn't right, you know, so I had to start thinking of a plan and over the years I would go through this, you know, role of just being complacent and going to work, you know, just going through what I had to do to make money because that's all I knew. Yeah. I knew I had a retirement. I knew that, you know, I could just keep going through life. I could be able to afford the things that I wanted. And to me, that was what I thought all was all that mattered, you know, and I was so wrong, you know. So over the years, it just all kept going that way. And I just, I remember being in the barbershop time after time and seeing, you know, all of the barbers across from each other had their own music on. They were laughing together, joking together. I mean, it was a fun place to be. Like, the people coming in wanted to be there. Yes. And the people who were there loved being there, doing what they do. And I was like, man, that would be awesome if I got to work with a bunch of my best friends. Yeah. Cut hair, do something I like, and get paid for it. Exactly. And be respected for it. Because yeah. where I worked, you know, you were you were a number. I was 02140 where I worked. So That was like your yes, employee number? Yes, that was my employee number. Oh, so that's how I was known. You know, I no one thanked me for the job I did. Yeah. I was just expected to do it and then do that much more after it, you know? So it it just, it started changing my mind. And then what really, you know, caught on was then of course we come into, you know, fast forward to 2020, you know, COVID Corona. And I remember being in January, uh, this all starting to, you know, kind of break out. People were starting to talk about it. And I was like, there's no way this is happening. You know, you hear all these rumors and I'm not a big news person or social media a lot of the time to where I'm not giving into the, the ads that are there or the things that are, hey, yes. look out for this, look out for that, you know, until it's at my door front, you know, at that time, I wasn't a believer. And then it just, it just, one thing led to another. And then by, but the next thing I knew, I was laid off from work at a job that I'd worked eight years at. Oh, shit. Yes. And I was scared. I was, I think, maybe 20, 29, 30 years old there. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, I got laid off and everything kind of closed up at that point in my life. Bodybuilding was big. Um, I was preparing for a, a competition and, you know, due to COVID, the gyms were closed down and I really had to shut down what I'd been working for for a couple years that way. Yeah. Because that was something that I'd taken up during um, working at my job to kind of, I guess, offset being unhappy at my job. Okay. It was something for me to put time into. Yeah. So... When I was laid off, I sat there for two weeks not knowing if I was going to have a job again or if I was going to be able to afford my home. Um, it was scary. It was Damn. like the first time in my life that something was so unsure. But my whole life, that had never happened. I didn't think out of nowhere something like that could happen. So yeah. it got me. It got me good. I, um, I started having panic attacks and being very anxious, um, worried Can't about. Can only imagine, man. I mean, what is your purpose at that point? You know, yeah. what I was, all I was going for is I knew how to work. I knew how to provide. I knew how to work out and, and working towards my goal as a bodybuilder. And, you know, real quick, I wanted yeah. to share with you, uh, speaking about like putting all this work into work, yeah. spending all your time, yeah. you know, making money, just, you know, mm-hmm. dollar after dollar, and the paychecks are looking great. One of my friends, uh, Jonah, they was, I don't know, years ago, maybe like five, six years ago, um, we were LAI based. Mm -hmm. So we were LA international. And one time he asked me, he said, Hey, we should go to this, this soccer game. Yeah. Wherever it was somewhere, Mexico. And I went, Oh, I can't go. I, I gotta go to work. Okay. So a couple weeks later he goes, Hey, there's another game over here. Yeah. We should go. And I went, Oh no, I can't. I gotta Gotta work. work. And he goes, 
Okay. So he he invited me like three, four times. Mm-hmm. Each time. No, I can't. I got to. Yeah. Find the fifth time. He And he waited maybe a month or two. Mm-hmm. He asked me again. And right before I, right before I can even say, I yeah. got to go to work. He goes, work? And I went, yeah. And he goes, okay. He's like, let me ask you a question. He goes, every single time I ask you to go somewhere, mm-hmm. you can't because you got to go to work. He's like, that's fine. Yeah. He's like, I'm not saying that's a bad yeah. thing. He goes, but what are you, what are you doing working so much yeah. if you can't spend not just the money, yeah, sure. but the time yeah. to experience something different? Absolutely. He goes, are your bills covered? I go, yeah, my bills are covered. He goes, do you have some to put in your savings? Yeah. He's like, and then you have walk around money to just yeah. fuck around. That and you I can't go, walk around with. Yeah. And he goes, but do you do any of that? I go, no, because mm-hmm. I gotta, I gotta go to gotta work. work. Yeah. He goes, but then what's the point? He's like, what's the point of living life? Absolutely. If the only thing you're doing, absolutely, is working. And I went, oh shit. Yeah, it kind of, it, it almost breaks you out of that like tunnel vision that you have. Yeah, I, I definitely because felt like I was like this. Absolutely. Just blind well, you know, on. you go to work. You know, you come home. You save money, and at the end of the day, you're preparing for the future. We're always so fixed on either focusing on our past. And living there or focusing on the future that's so far ahead that we forget that we're putting in the work as we're moving and to be present during that. Yes. That's one of the biggest things in my life that I've been learning lately is to be present in now because this is where you're putting in that work. Don't worry. The future is being taken care of now. Yeah. But, but be present, you know. And that was for me. That's a lot of the time. I mean, I, I lost a lot of friends. And, you know, so be it. I feel like at this point where I'm at in my life is where I'm meant to be. And I feel like that those relationships, you know, they come and go. Not everybody is meant to be in your your life forever. Yes. You know, everyone has their purpose, has their point, and it's either you learn from them good or bad. You know, and somebody told me uh so, one of my friends who ironically enough I don't yeah. talk to anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Um so I guess I shouldn't call him a friend, a past friend that I sure. had. They told me one time, not everybody's gonna stay in your life forever. Yeah. And don't expect it. Yeah. He said people are like branches on a tree. Sure. Some of them are stronger than others, mm-hmm. and sometimes branches fall off. Sure, and you just and it is and it it, it happens. It does, and, like, and, oh, it, shit, and you might not, right. not do anything wrong. Yeah, you know what I mean. And that's that. That was a hard thing for me to grasp because I always. Well, yeah, that's another know. thing. Sometimes, sure, just because of you know, Allie and I have a have a kid now. Yeah, there's we may people. lose a friend, sure. not because there's disagreements, not because there's different this and places that. in life. Exactly, and, and that's where people. I feel like once we're more aware of that, you can establish the relationships. People, you don't have to get rid of everybody because you can't hang out with them or go places with them, but you you prioritize them in your life to be who they are for you. And I feel like if we did more of that, less feelings would be hurt. Yes, We'd have a better understanding. Communication. Yes. I mean, if there's anything I'll preach to you, it's communication. I'm sorry, but that's. Do you hear that, Ali? Yeah. Communication. Yikes! And I'm, <laughs> but no, in all in all seriousness. That is it. I have learned that um, now more in my life than ever. And a lot of that has helped me even like being behind the chair as a barber. You know, um, I just I've learned that the less we say, the worse things become and things little things become big things. Yeah. And then you just lose you can lose a lot there in translation or lack of, you know, so so it's crazy there. And that's I was so just zoned out to make money and keep going. And I had a nice car to drive to the gym that was my fun time. Like I, uh, yeah. you know, uh, a little bit 
almost close to five years now, I, I, I quit drinking alcohol. I quit drinking that. Uh, I was doing it irresponsibly. And one day just decided, you know, my life wasn't going a good route that way. And that's when I had, you know, picked up, uh, you know, bodybuilding. That was, yeah. you know, spending uh, my nights at a different bar, so yeah. to speak, you know, at the gym. That that helped save my life a lot, too, as far as clarity. You know, there's been alcoholism in my family on both sides, and it's not been dealt with always the best. And, I, you know, you, you can feel that. And I, once again, people are in your life to learn from good or bad. And if, you, you know, you can choose to listen to them or not, you know. And I've always just learned to be a good listener. Always learn. I mean, being behind the chair, you develop that. And I've just learned to listen to people and to learn from their experiences in life now and move forward that way. So, you know, you, you put me into COVID there, you put into those two weeks being laid off and I'm depressed. <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do. I did feel like Did they tell I, you when you were laid off, did they tell you like, hey, you're going to be out for? No. My boss literally, you know, he called me into work. He shook my hand, told me I was being laid off. Uh, he said, I don't know when we'll be bringing you back. This is all new to us. Yeah. It's all scary. And. That was new to everybody. I said, listen, you know what? It, it is what it is. I'm not mad at you. I'm not mad at anybody. This is just how life goes. You yeah. have to accept it or else. What, I mean, what what other option do you have to choose from? They're good. They'll just kick you off the premise. Yeah, yeah, of course. So, <laughs> so, okay, I'd rather just leave peacefully. So it was just scary. So, you know, I'm asking my neighbor to help, you know, change her brakes to make a little money. I'm cleaning roofs, you know, gutters to yeah. make, a, you know, a couple hundred bucks. And finally, you know, I, I broke down. I lost it, you know. I... Uh, started having panic attacks and just really questioned my purpose in life. And that's what got really scary for me and, and dark uh, for me was for the first time in my life, I didn't understand what I was doing here. I didn't. I didn't understand the purpose because everything I knew as a man had stopped. Yeah. Now I have to figure out a new way. Well, two weeks later, you know, they hired me back at the mill and or didn't hire me, but brought me back on and demoted me. So now, um, a little bit about the mill there. There are sequences there, and you bid into them. Once you're once you've accepted a bid to a job, you're in there for good. You're locked into it. And there's different pay grades, and you can move up due to your seniority. Yeah. So, for instance, there was pay Is grades. Is moving up pretty easy, or does it take a lot? Um, at the time, it was kind of easy because there was such a big gap between hiring dates for people that there was a lot of move ups needing to happen at that oh, time. Okay. I spent seven years of my career at the mill working to get to a job that I got to right before COVID. It was no shift, no more shift work, days, weekends off. And I was so happy. I was like, here's that light at the end of the tunnel for the mill. I wasn't yeah. even thinking about hair at that point. I was like, I've made it to where I can stay here the rest of my life. Yeah. And then COVID happened. And then when they brought me back, the workload wasn't as heavy there, so they demoted us. And the pay grades were one through five. I was at a, a labor grade two, moving up to be a labor grade three. And that was good pay. That was great money, six-figure job. And um, didn't have to work overtime, which was one thing that I was happy about. Yeah. I realized time is more valuable than anything now. It really is. Yes. You know, and as we get older, it feels like it just gets more and more priceless. You know, like you, you can't put a price on having that, you know. Oh, definitely. Um, and so I just, something didn't feel right to me. You know, they demoted me. And I, they're not supposed to do that. I work in a union and they, basically I called the union and they told me, well, should have picked a better sequence to be in. We don't know what to tell you. Me and a different coworker were in the Sounds same position. Sounds like a union that I know. Yeah. Hmm. And, and, and so I was hurt. I was a good employee. I never called off. Very often, I count on my hand the number of times I'd called off in eight years. Yeah. I was a good worker. I was always at work. I always was there to help people. I wanted, I took pride in my work. 
And where I was at, I, I had noticed that a lot of people had kind of let, let that go. They're getting paid to be there for eight hours, so one way or the other, what does it matter? And so I just, me and a different, me and another coworker, he took it a wrong way, and he was upset, and he was huffing and puffing. And, and no disrespect to him, he, I understand, he had a wife and kids, and he yeah. was now making you know a substantial amount less without being able to have any say in it. Yeah, and you know that's scary. We risk our lives every day where we worked. Risk them. I mean, you know, one of the things Allie has, because Allie's, you know, she's from uh, born and raised here. Well, not born, but raised sure. in Crown Point. Sure. And she's mentioned the mills a lot to me. Yeah. Like I said that was. And she says, uh, she'll tell me, like, yeah, people people die. Mm -hmm. Like, it's it's dangerous shit. There was multiple really? fatalities while I was there. Absolutely. It's just, it's one of those things. It's the nature of the beast at, that, at, at a place like that. Not that they're doing anything wrong, you know. Not at all, but it's a dangerous place to work. Yeah, you know things happen. You know, and just sometimes it's just unfortunately at the wrong place at the at the right time or wrong time, however you want to look at that. And you know, at that point, I just said, I had I had a you know you you rewind a couple weeks. So yeah, you rewind you know uh, back a couple weeks, and um, my best friend and Bar barber that I went to now for ten years that I'd always discussed everything about this. I was always telling him that I wanted to be a barber. I had always you know, this been a dream of mine. I just had to develop a plan to be there. He'd always been very supportive of me, and we got together over COVID. You know when the lockdown was happening, and we talked for hours about everything and how things were going and how it affected him. And you know up until that point, I hadn't been laid off yet, so I wasn't going through what he was going through. And you know, he had discussed to me that had this not happened, he would have had extra money to, you know, open up a, a barber school to be able to teach people. And uh, yeah. I just, a light bulb went off in my head like, so wait, you could teach me. I, I could go to, I could still work my job and I could still go to barber school and then be able to transition out and not have to risk losing everything that I'd worked hard to get. And man, I just, that resonated with me for, for a couple of weeks and then I was laid off, went through all of what I'd went through and then when I was there that first week at work again, back to doing labor work, doing stuff that I had worked eight years to get myself out of doing. Yeah. I thought to myself, this can't be it. This can't be it for me. I can't feel the way that I'm feeling and not do something about it. This other guy wasn't doing anything about it. And I don't blame him. He had a wife and kids. He had to think about them as well. I yeah. did not. So I, I started calling around to barber schools, found one that um, would accept me. And then at that time, you know, as you know, COVID was going on. Um, this might sound like a dumb question, but yeah. what what does it take to get into barber school? So with that, you said for them to accept. You. Yeah, I, I guess um, poor choice of words. Well, no, actually, they were about to start a class. Yeah. So I said, hey, I can't make it by then, but like, I, I could be there a week later, and I'm willing to pay in full. I'm willing yeah. to do everything because, you know, I've got this plan in place and. And that was what they said. Got it, well, got we'll, it, got we'll it. Okay. You, you know, so, so yeah, so they accepted me. So that first week, I found all that. By the second week, I was kind of like, just, okay, I have the school. How do I make this work? I yeah. have a house payment. I have a car payment. Um, how am I going to afford this if I go to barber school? And so at that time, COVID, the uh, where I had my 401k through my retirement plan, there was no penalties to remove it because of oh, everything okay. that was happening. Yeah. Uh, you just pay taxes on it. So yeah, I think they removed that for almost everybody because they did yeah. the same thing for us, which was great. I mean, I, this was such a pivotal moment in my life. Had this not happened, I would not have been able to make any of this happen. Yeah, I went out on a drive that first Friday night, being back at work, and I just took a drive out on the country roads and 
I just stopped in the middle of the road one night, that night, and it hit me. And it was all like, it just had this vision in my head of what I could do. I called, you know, my friend up and I said, hey, listen, can we talk financials tomorrow night? I have a plan that I think might work. I just need to know if this could be a reality. Yeah. He said, absolutely. So, you know, you fast forward, we have the talk, and my plan was basically to pull my retirement out, pay for barber school in full, and then supplement my income with the rest for the 10 months that I needed it. Yeah. And that way I would be able to not have to have a job going through all this because I had to go to school 40 hours a week, full time. Oh, shit. Yeah. How, so it's not like... Yeah. I mean, I guess you may be able to work and then do that, but that How, would be... You know, Monday, you're going Tuesday through Saturday, 8 to 5 every day. What what job do you get part-time that you could afford a mortgage on? Uh, let's be real. I can't, Especially I can't even think about it. one of the worst it. times in our life so far Yeah, for us. Yeah. So I just knew that I had to, um, you know, make that happen. Yeah. So I had at that point you had to make a choice and and, and the money was there and I had to literally go through my financials. I had to see what I was paying each month for bills and then I had to make a decision. And this was my retirement, something that in my head was ingrained that you don't touch until you retired. I worked eight years to build. Same. Scary. And to go against, you know, what you'd been taught your whole life on a, on a whim, Mm -hmm. you know, was scary as hell to think about. And so I just, I can be impulsive, but I think I just get these feelings and and sometimes, um, have these moments in my life where I'm just like, this is too perfect not to happen. If you don't do it now, when? Yeah. And I, I had a talk with my aunt and uncle who were very, um, huge inspirations to me, role models to me growing up, people that I trusted. And my uncle who had retired from the mill said, listen, you know, 20 years ago, I would have loved to have been a park ranger, but the mill was paying well and it was a means to a good living. And I took it. He goes, you don't want to wonder 20 years from now what it might have been if you don't take this opportunity. We trust you. We love you. We know that this is something you could do. So essentially, go for it. Yeah. And that's all I needed. The next task was to call my dad and explain everything to him. And I did. And, you know, him working at the mill his whole life, that was tough. Uh, I explained it all to him. And I kind of just went out and said it. I didn't sugarcoat it. I said, Dad, huh? I'm quitting my job and I'm going to become a barber Yeah, and I'm going to school and this and that. And then you just hear on the line, nothing, silence. Are you there? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm here. But the questions are, what are you going to do for insurance? What are you going to do for retirement? And I just said, dad, listen, I, don't worry about it. I know what's important here. I know what I need to do. I will take care of it. Yeah. And, and I did. And so with all of that, that second Friday at work, I I literally just, I left. I walked out. I didn't clean my lockers. I I left, and that was it. I walked out. It was May 20th, 2020, and I never, I never, never turned back. back. I never went back. I didn't tell anybody, and I just, I made the decision to do it, and uh, it was, it was the best decision I ever made in my life, and, you know, from there, the next, you know, even after I quit having no job, having a limited amount of money because I had to pay barber school in full. Yeah. I knew what I was allowed, all I had to live on. I had, you know, 11 months worth of pay with 10 months that I needed to complete. And you said it took, it took uh, 10 months. Yes. It was 1500 hours. So if you went full time, it was 40 hours a week. So it was uh, 10 months. Fuck. I did all down to the day when I would be graduating 
So that my money, I mean, you have to be financially set for that. that yeah. You have all those parts have to line up because I didn't want to just, well, we'll figure it out. Yes. I'm not that kind of person. I yeah. can't just try to make ends meet. Well, I also feel like you did a part of we'll figure it out by moving right. or changing career. Well, so yeah. at least you have to plan something. Absolutely. Well, well, absolutely. <laughs> and you know, so I just knew that I couldn't, I needed to focus on cutting hair. I knew that that's what I needed to focus on. I didn't, yeah. I couldn't focus on having to pay bills or having to have a job. At that point, the anxiety had already taken over in me. I'd become this different person, this this new experience in my life that I was going through a lot of new changes. I, I mean, quitting a six-figure job with, you know, insurance, benefits, all of it for nothing. Yeah. Where I would never have a paid vacation again in my life. I would never, I would pay for my insurance and my retirement out of my own pocket. It's scary. Yeah, you know? of course. And I just... I just knew who I was. I knew at that point. And I think that's one of the biggest things that stops a lot of people Mm -hmm. from doing something either that they want. Right. Even trying something that they might fail at. Absolutely. A lot of of it is, uh, fuck, I don't know. It's too scary. Yeah. It looks too scary. You almost have to essentially, in a sense, be overconfident in yourself to know that you're going to do it. You know, one of the best quotes that that really got me through it is, if you bet on yourself, you'll never lose. And that to me rang out because it's like, I believe in myself. This is something I would love to do. Why won't it work? Yeah. What could go wrong if I truly want to do this? You know, and that's something I had to decide. I was about to literally change my whole entire life, deplete all of the money that I'd worked years to make and and to go for it. So it was a serious thing. You can't just half-ass that and, you know, try to fake your way through it. Yeah, of course. So, so school, that was a different, different, different breed too. I was, uh, Going to a barber school in Laporte, Indiana, and uh, with a lot of people that weren't my age, with that were just graduating high school, that took this career differently than I did. Yeah, you know, that was kind of their first way starting out, and I was getting serious. I had to be serious. It was my life on the line. Yeah, you know. Uh, so, you know, barber school went went well. Um, I had a lot to learn, and and on my days off, I was you know shadowing at the barber shop. I was any time I had off, I was. Going to school 40 hours a week and cutting hair two to three days a week after school at my house, charging. I wasn't charging anybody. It was just working off of tips were greatly appreciated yeah. sort of thing, yeah. you know, and trying to just get all the experience I could. When you were doing that, was it, were you practicing things in particular or just trying to be comfortable with cutting Try, hair? All of it. All of it, you know, all of the above, there's... With my job prior, everything was so repetitive every day. You could only get better at what you were doing because it was the same thing. Yeah. This whole different breed. You have everyone's hair is different. Yeah. Everyone's haircuts are different. The styles, it's all so different every day that it's just you'll you you're always learning. So for this, this was something I needed to I knew that in ten months I would I had an opportunity to be at the best barbershop in the region, the area that we're that we live in. And I knew it was the big leagues. I had to be on my game as soon as I got out of this yeah. and ready to go. There was a lot riding on it, you know. And so I just was trying to soak it all in, be comfortable with people. Um, I realized very quickly that I was very slow at cutting hair. Um, so having my um, experience with the gift of Gabber, being able to talk and listen, I was able to make people feel comfortable and not feel like they were I was taking too long or I didn't yeah. know what I was doing because I could keep them, you know, um, I could keep their attention, yeah. you know, which was nice, you know, and it helped me because as I talked, I became more comfortable and you kind of pick up the rhythm. So th- think of this time, you know, we had just opened back up from the shutdown barber school. I maybe had two or three haircuts a week 
you're not learning much off of that. And, yeah. and mannequins only take you so far, you know? So there was people still scared to go out and to get haircuts and to do this and to do that. So I had to try to get friends, buddies, whatever I could do, offer them dinner to come over and get a haircut, whatever yeah. I could to get them in. Um, just cause I, I needed the knowledge. I was hungry. I loved doing this and I knew that I loved doing it. So I just had to keep getting better and better. And that's, you know, for a long time did that. Did they, in barber school, do they tell you or does anybody tell you like, okay, hey, when you're cutting hair, mm -hmm. it should take X amount of oh, time? Oh, absolutely. There was a time limit from the time you walked in. You know, every barber wants to get their haircuts down to a 30-minute time frame. Okay. That's what the goal was. And I was at an hour. Yeah. And I was just trying to learn so much at one time. And, you know, the teacher that I had for all of it knew a lot. And it was all overwhelming, but I was just trying to take in so much at one time and learn. And, you know, it was a process. It still is a process. I'm still always learning. But I was like, how am I going to get down to a half hour on this yeah. stuff? You know, you're scared. And then you're thinking, well, you know, time is money. If people don't like what I do, how am I going to be successful at this? How am I going to make this? Because I knew that being fast at this was not something that I was going to aim to be. Yeah. I wanted experience to be that because experience is what showed me and kind of ignited that in myself. Having the experience in the chair with somebody was what I enjoyed, and that's what I wanted to put out. So I stayed still with how I was doing things. I got down to, you know, 45 minutes, and still even then I learned as soon as I got out of barber school that there was so much to learn. You know, I graduated. I I passed my tests clear before barber school was over and kind of wrote out the last few months just shelling out haircuts, trying to just keep learning. I, I just never turned anything down. Yeah. And so that was a lot of a lot of it. And then when I was ready to go in the shop, I was – you know, I had some sense of it, but then the next year of my life would be, you know, really just, just trying to be work, being there as much as possible to gain a clientele, to establish that, to start working, to start making money. You know, my plan had worked. I had made everything come through, and I was so thankful for that, but, you know, that takes a lot of discipline, too, because you got a lot of money in your bank account. You know, hey, I could go buy this or I could go buy that. You know, yes. you really have, you know, at that point in time, I was really, you know, budgeting. I had I had a set amount of money for food each each month. I bought everything that I needed as far as my tools at the beginning. I wanted that out of the way and I wanted what I needed so I wasn't struggling. Yeah. I didn't want to have to buy twice. Yeah. You know? And so with that I just I knew that there was a set limit that I had to stay with and, and I did. It it was hard. You know, there's people that want you to go do things. Hey, what are you doing? Of you course. Know? And, yeah. and really, I was at home cutting hair every night, you know, working from, you know, eight in the yeah. morning. Hey, till, let's go hang yeah. out. Hey, let's go yeah. eat. Let's go do this. Hey, I let's go do that. Would you like to come get a haircut? Like, sure, let's get a haircut first and then we could do something, you yeah. know. So a lot of my days were eight to 10 p.m., you know, just nonstop. And, and then having Sundays off and Monday going to shadow and, and getting back at it. So that was really, you know, a lot of the journey moving forward with that, you know. If I can tell you this, so when I first. My buddy Jonah will tell you. Yeah. When I first met him, he was like, your your haircuts are dog shit. Yeah. Because, and, and there's nothing wrong. I'll, I'll say it as loud as I can. There's nothing wrong with going to Supercuts or right. uh, any of those like chain sure. Uh, sure. Ha haircut places. Um, I what I've gone to Supercuts. I've yeah. gone to there's great clips. There's haircuttery. You know. Yeah. A lot of people I think I, 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 trying to make a living. You correct. Know? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, no, no, no knock on them. No, not at um, all. But I remember when I first, when I first met my buddy Jonah, he goes, uh, he's like, where the fuck do you get your haircut? Yeah. Oh, I, I get at Floyd's. Yeah. Cause it was, you know, we lived in Hermosa beach. It was down the way. And yeah. I'm like, well, you know, like I go, he's like, do you have a person you normally see? I go, 
eh, sometimes yeah. you know other times it's eh, whoever yeah yeah because i like i'm i'm not picky with my hair because i sure. i feel like if if they mess up it's gonna grow back and, and that's yeah and Absolutely. if it doesn't grow back, it I'm, it I, it's it's my time to be bald. It Absolutely. does. I I don't care. It wasn't meant to be. Yeah. So he goes, no, 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 no. So I had met him. I'd known him for maybe two weeks. Yeah. Maybe three. No, I don't even think a month. And he invites me to his wedding. Sure. So me and Ali go to his wedding, and he sits us at the table with his barber. Yeah. Paul. So he goes, hey, uh, this is my barber, Paul. You guys need to talk. And then yeah. he tells his barber, he's like. This guy needs a fucking hair. They're like, <laughs> do you him see up. him? Hook up. Yeah. So he starts like, you know, they're, you know, they're poking fun and like, yeah, 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 you should come see me. I think a week or two later, I go see him. Mm-hmm. And I've always been used to maybe like 30 minutes. Sure. Sure. Something quick. Oh, yeah. Right? You know, a lot of people are doing it. Yeah, absolutely. And there's nothing wrong with 30 minutes, you know. Yes. Absolutely. But when I, but when I went with Paul, that was the first time that it took like, 45 minutes because sure. at the time I didn't have a beard yeah and then as I told him oh hey I'm thinking about growing a beard yeah. he goes if you grow up like I'll line you up I got you I'll, yeah. ma- I'll make sure mm-hmm. it looks nice yeah then it started getting into the hour realm sure where absolutely. he would you know hot towel me and well absolutely this that I agree you know it's that's nice but it was it's worth I, the time I felt like it was an experience it is absolutely and it was like you said before absolutely. and like you've told me many times in the chair yeah it felt like that was my time to it, relax. Absolutely. And that's what more men, I think, women have this all figured out. And yes. I, and I, oh, yeah. I love it. And good good for them. And I, we and we love you for it. Oh, absolutely. We really do. I, I want this, the <laughs> tips and tricks. I'm, I'm slowly learning at this. You know, how to make this something where, you know, it's, it's essential to people because I believe it should be. I believe that it should be an experience and, you know, women, they go in, they are pampered, you know, from the time they walk in the door till... You know, the time they walk out with no care in the world, what it costs, and, and they know that they deserved it. Yes. Men have always kind of just, well, do whatever, you know, we're the providers, we don't need much, you know, and it's that generation, you know, and nothing wrong, that's the way they were raised. Yeah. But I feel like as we get older and we're kind of, you know, becoming our own people as well, it's nice to have that done. And it's okay to have that done and yeah. to spend a little time there, spend a little extra money on yourself, you know? I have, that's been my favorite time. Even I love getting my haircut. I love spending the time in the chair to be able to talk, you know, to, to just relax. Yes. Like, I feel like that is the, the one time a man or anybody has unsolicited time to just be themselves. Yeah. You know, I will say as a, as a non-barber. Yeah. As somebody who gets their haircuts. Sure. When I see other people getting their haircuts and they're on their phones and they're yeah. like this. They're like either taking calls or yeah, absolutely. I think two things. I think to myself, number one, I'm like in my head, I'm like, put your fucking phone down, absolutely. bro. Absolutely. Yeah. Like they're sitting there <laughs> moving their head around. Oh, and, yeah. And I'm like, I can only imagine to a barber. I could be wrong, but to a barber, if I were the barber, I'd be like, stop moving your fucking head. Yeah. I would, I would lose my mind. Yeah. It, and then number two, I think to myself, hey man, take time for yourself. Like absolutely. That phone call isn't that important. No. And, and, Just chill. And that's what I, I think is a lot of it, too. You know, I think certain people expect so much out of it, and then they are moving their head around around their phone, and they look at you like, hey, man, what's going on back there? You know, hey, I need you to work with me. You know, here, growing you know? up, I, <laughs> there was a barber uh, that my grandfather would take us to. And since I was young, yeah. I could remember he would 
you know, he was an older gentleman and he'd give us a haircut and he would, you know, I'm sitting there and he go, okay. And he'd like move my head and he goes, stay right there. Okay. So as a kid, I learned to like, if he'd move my head, I'd stay, stay there. Yeah. That's, that's for a reason, you know? And I, and I felt like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm stone right now. Mm-hmm. Right. Till even till this day, there's been, I can only say that you've only positioned my hair or my head. Yeah. Maybe twice. Yeah. If that, yeah. and it, it, it wasn't anything like hey. super crazy, yeah, but it yeah, was just absolutely. like a little, and I'll stay there until you tell me like, Right. Okay, nice. you're good. No. Yeah, you're good. Yeah. Okay. It's an easy thing, you know. There's sometimes <laughs> that's why where you when just I kind of chase that whatever you're going for in the detail of the yeah, haircut. But that's you know? why when I see other other guys moving their hair, I'm like, yo, what the fuck oh, are you doing? Oh, it's crazy, you know. And that's that's nature of the beast and something that I, I there was so much involved in this that I guess I just wasn't ready for, not or didn't uh, account for. Yeah. I was so worried about getting a haircut done in a certain amount of time that I forget. Oh, there's kids. I'm going to have to start cutting young kids that are moving, crying, screaming. Yeah. Moms, parents are expecting. Have you had that a lot? Oh, I mean at the beginning of it. Yeah. I've worked my my ass off to get to where I'm not a walk-in barber, that I'm appointment only. Yeah. And that I, I don't. That has to feel good. It does. That's like big swinging dick. Like, uh, yo, yeah. don't just come off the street yeah, right. and expect <laughs> me to cut your hair. No, 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 no. I'll tell you Book what. Book that shit. It's been, it's been nice. And I'll say this. I. I'm very happy with where I've been and I've put in a lot of work to get there. That was the big thing for me. Do you have, do you have like a rule? Like, okay, let's say I book, mm-hmm. I book an appointment with you mm-hmm. and I miss it. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And then like, I give you some bulls, like, oh, yeah, blah, 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 whatever. Right. And then I book another one. Yeah. Like, let's say, okay, so I book one, I miss it. I book two more. I make those. Yeah. Then the fourth one, I miss it. Yeah. Is there like, do you have a limit? Do you have, or yeah, like, is there that's, an uncomfortable that's conversation? A, You're like, I hey. I feel like it's always uncomfortable. I feel like in our industry, we're always meant to just eat shit. Yeah. That our time is not valued. And I, once again, learning and listening in the shop, and this is no fault of anybody, but I'm the, you know, the youngest guy in the shop as far as professionally in this career. Yeah. And I've got to learn from everybody in the shop one way or the other. And something I've learned is that I don't enjoy that. I want my time to be valued because I value everyone's time yes. as well. And something that resonated with me is a guy had an appointment with one of the barbers at the shop. And he called last minute about it to cancel. And he said, my wife has a, a doctor's appointment at the same time. If I cancel with them, they'll charge me. Yeah. So basically showing that barber that he's not worth, that he doesn't have to pay for him. So he's not Correct. worried about it. Showing yeah. that, and, and indirectly, wasn't trying to be disrespectful, but it's not taught. You yeah. Know? So that like was like, okay, I don't like this when this happens. And coming back to communication, how do we work around this to kind of train you know your clientele, your people, how to respect that or the right way to go about it? Because at first, yeah, you're mad. You know what I mean? It's it's taking food out of your mouth. Of course. You know? Money out of your pocket, so to speak. Well, we can, especially if it's a last minute cancellation. Absolutely. Then that slot I can't. Fill can't you sure, can't feel you that know, slot. And, and that's, I think, moving out of COVID, before that, it was all walk-in stuff. So you relied on walk-ins. There was no appointments. And I didn't know this being new to the industry. I came into an appointment shop that accepted walk-ins, but once you were filled up, you were appointment only. So yeah. I just only knew that. So I'm thinking, you make these appointments, you know, and you don't show up, why wouldn't you feel obligated to pay for it? I I don't make any money off of that. And it's a slippery slope. Then you offend people. And you don't, I don't want to offend anybody. You know, I, I try to keep things cool. So I had to figure out a way to kind of go about that. And 
like I said, communication. I'll, I'll establish, you know, ground rules with them. You know, and if it's somebody, uh, it all depends on the relationship you have with that person. If it's somebody new, you want to correct that right away. Yeah. Because, you're, hey, I don't want you to get in my chair and think that this is okay. You know, I might let the first time slide. Depending, you know, I, I don't necessarily talk about a cancellation policy or anything until it happens. Oh, I didn't know about it. And well, real quick, yeah. have I ever, I feel like, Negative. have I? No, we've always been good on communication. One okay. way or the other. No, God, no. I will t- I will <laughs> tell you this, though. I felt super bad. I don't think I ever, I never canceled on Polly, my Vegas barber. Yeah. I booked an appointment. Mm-hmm. I don't know how it happened. Oh, yeah. Why it happened. Yeah. But I booked it. And I, I didn't show up. I didn't tell him. I didn't. Yeah. I just. Shit happens. Didn't show up, right? Yeah. I think four days later, I go in. And I go, hey, I walk in there like, like everything was fine. Yep. Had no clue. He starts cutting me up. He's like, oh, hey, everything okay? I go, yeah, yeah. He goes, ah, you know, you've been coming. I was going there for like a year. Yeah. And that was the first time that I just yeah. never showed up. Didn't even text him. Sure. He's like, hey, is everything okay? I go, yeah, why? What's up? He goes, oh, because you had an appointment, let's say, on the 12th. Yeah. Uh, he's like, and you, and you didn't show up, you didn't? And I went, wait, what? Yeah. And he goes, yeah. And I go, no, wait, what? I? Absolutely. Me? And I go, no, I was in wherever I was at. Yeah. And I go, no, I, wait, I'm fucking checking my email mm-hmm. as I'm sitting there. I go, oh, I was like, oh my God, I am so, so I yeah. told him, I said, hey man, if you want to charge me for it, yeah. no, 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 it's, it's cool. A, and that's always like the awkward, you know, because, you know, for me, it's very hard in my chair. I develop a, a very personal relationship, as you, as you know, with, with everyone in my chair. Yeah. I love people, and I love to talk to people. I love to learn from people. Um, so I, I like to share, and I like for people to share with me because I feel like being a barber, you can develop a community around you and, and really learn from one another and, and help each other out in, in, in ways that you never thought was possible. Yeah. So it's very hard to, like, Ah man, don't worry about you know you feel almost obligated to let them slide because you like them as a person you know but you still gotta you know to eat yeah of course you know I I, I love you but I don't love you more than my family yes and, and you know now having a family in all of this uh, perspective you know perspective has changed so I, I feel more entitled you know entitled to that because I feel like I've worked hard enough to be there and so yeah. with it you know things happen you know my barber you know one of my best friends. He, I no called, no showed him twice in a row when I was first starting out. Being at the mill, I was working shift work, working midnights. Yeah. I overslept. And I called him as soon as I woke up, did it again. And he was like, man, the third time, I ought to let you go. And I think about that. Had I not showed up to the third time, I would have never been in the seat. I would have never been doing what I'm doing because I would have never had the opportunity to because I would have been let go as a client. I wouldn't have had the opportunities that I had. Yeah. And it's, it's crazy to me. So that's like the importance of paying for an appointment sometimes is like, man, because I paid him double after I paid him for both appointments and probably paid him a little more too for the third because of, I'm sorry, I understand. Yeah. That's my responsibility. That's not yours. You yeah. know? Yeah. When I, it's when tough. I went back uh, to JB, yeah. you know, after having yeah. that and he didn't, he didn't tell me because there wasn't any like malicious intent. Sure. He just wanted, he was well, absolutely, he was like, Hey man, are you okay? Well, Cause like, because you don't you do know, that. You do develop that relationship with people. And if nothing said, it's weird not to say something. Yes. Hey man, like you booked up an appointment four days ago and didn't show up and all you're just here. Like it's nothing. Yes. Are you okay? Yeah. <laughs> you know? So like when I left that one, I remember I tipped him out and he goes, Hey, uh, this is, this is way more than yeah. I know. Listen, man, 
I fucked up. And yeah. I just want to let you know. He goes, dude, I would never. But it like even now, there's been times when I book an appointment with you, and yeah. I and I tell before I hit send, I go, baby, I tell Ali, go, can you? We got anything going on? What yeah. day is that? <laughs> I'm I'm booking it for this day. That's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's oh, yeah. even times where. You know, there's there's times where I'm I'm on a layover or something. Yeah. I go, oh, I'm in a book, and I go, wait. Let's think about this. Why don't I wait? Yeah. Why don't I get home, talk to Allie? Yeah. Because there's times like right now, today she was supposed to be here today. Yeah. And she canceled out in Palm Springs. Yeah. So she's wow. not coming home till tomorrow. Sure. So let's say, yeah, and I don't like I don't have happens. a car. So let's say I booked tomorrow at three with you. Yeah. She's not landing in Chicago till two. So yeah. So there's no way I would have made it. So it's like, it's shit like that now where well, I'm absolutely. like, I try to be you have considerate. To. And then I also try to just be, Hey, okay. So I booked it for the 16th. That, that thing says the 16th. Yeah. Says, just double. T- yeah. Yeah. Does that say two? And I used to do that okay, too. Good, Working good. shift work. I could never, my barber was very busy. So I had to think in advance much like I've become, you know, for me, you have to kind of think before you book, you can't just get in same day. And, I would always do it around my work schedule and I'd always make sure that I wasn't, you know, I, I always was meticulous about it because I knew the importance of, of their time, yeah, of my time, and that I wanted to make sure it would work out. And so I just, I realized though, you know, common sense is not always so common to everyone and I don't mean that in a bad way. I just mean sometimes you have to teach people. Yeah. You know, you have to, you know, they don't know, you know, they don't know that that's how it goes. You have to explain it to them, but we're oftentimes don't want to have a problem with people. You know, or, or hate confrontation or afraid that it won't go right because I don't feel like we've a lot of us a lot of us have been taught how to communicate properly. Yeah. Growing up, men were supposed to hold their feelings in. You couldn't cry, you couldn't do this, you couldn't do that. You don't talk about things, you yeah. know. You hold them in. Correct. And it's like, well, listen, if I could just say a few easy words, we can move on from this. And yes. it's like and so when I reach out to my clients, I just say, Hey, listen, I don't mean this in a bad tone. I don't mean this rudely. Here's how I feel about it, or here's what happened. Like, hey, we can move on from this though. Yeah. You know, it's the ball's in your court now. And most of the time, I'm, I'm easygoing. I forgive people. Shit happens. Life happens. You know what I mean? Something comes up and, you know, a family member's in the house. Well, hey, man, I got to cancel. I'm not going to. Well, you know, you owe me for your spot. Hey, I hope everything's okay. Yeah. Please get back with me later on. Because <coughs> I just feel like, you know, that part, you have to be understanding to an, an extent. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, of course. And, and that's kind of the beauty in my job, too, is I'm able to pick and choose that. I love that. I love being able to give out a free haircut here and there to people that are deserving of it or just to make someone's day, you know, and, yeah. and things like that. It's just, it's life, you know, and that's kind of just, I want that to just be reciprocated in my chair. Yeah. That, that's all, you know, and I feel like being able to teach people that, then everybody knows and there's no cause for <coughs> uh, any any confrontation. Then yeah. everybody knows. Uh, one of the things I want to end with, yeah. if you can talk about it, because I don't want, I don't want anybody to to see and be like, oh, shit. Well, no, I guess even if no people are. I'm listening. I don't mean. Yeah. No, I guess I kind of do mean this in a bad way. People are <laughs> fucking stupid. Um, I was going to say, like, I don't want to ask you something. And then I don't want somebody to be like, oh, he's talking about me. I really don't give a shit. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is there. Are there things that irritate you? The pet peeves in, in a yeah. barber. Yeah. I would say irritate me. Everyone's different. So, you know. You, and real quick, I, I don't. Oh, I know. I don't know you very well. Sure. I, I know you yeah. from going to since since we. Uh, Absolutely. Since we came but, here. But, like, you seem like a very chill. Yeah. Very easygoing guy. Yeah. Um, 
even though I feel like if somebody does piss you off, oh, yeah. you're kind of like the Hulk where you're like, hey, man, don't do that. And yeah. then if they're like, I'm going to hit them, okay, I'm, I'm going to have to fuck you up now. I'm definitely one of those people that uh, I'm just very easygoing. I mean, my wife would probably laugh at me and, and say that I'm very high strung, <laughs> which I am. But I just I try to get along with everybody. Uh, I, I, like I said, I love people. I, I love the relationships you can form with people. And, and I think like with that, uh, being irritated is one thing, but I also feel like you have a chance in your chair or with whatever you do to kind of, once again, you know, teach people the do's and don'ts. Yeah. So if I get people that do things that aren't particularly what I like in a haircut, I might have, Hey, I need you to sit still through this part because I can't give you the best haircut that I want to give you. You know, I take pride in my work. Yeah. And so, you know, but kids sometimes just got, well, you have to buckle down and figure out a way to get through to them. And adults, you know, sometimes it's just, hey, you know, I got this back here. You don't yeah. need to, you don't need to move around. And, and I know everyone's just trying to help. Yeah. Uh, you know, there are a few things. I feel like one of the things that was always joked about in barber school is making eye contact with directly the barber when he's trimming the oh. mustache. <laughs> that was one thing. Uh one of the guys in barber school, that's what he did to me every yeah. time I would line up his mustache. It's kind of like an initiation thing. They'd been there for a little bit longer than me, and uh, he'd stare me dead in the eyes as I'm yeah. lining up his mustache. Yeah. That's like a, a don't in the yeah. barber industry, you know? Um, you know, I never I, – I, I was never told don't. Yeah. <laughs> but every time, you know, whether it's, yeah. you know, Polly, JB, or you, yeah. when you guys are lining up, my beard in front on my lips, I always, I was close behind. Yeah. And then there, there has been times, I don't know if you've noticed. Yeah. But as you're like lining me up and then I don't feel the scissors, I'll be like, okay, yeah, yeah. and then I see you there and then I'm like, oh, yep. And then you go, okay, good. No, that's, okay, good. I can, I can, that, that's how it is. And you know, a lot of the time too, because it is true, I'll tell people to close their eyes through that because those hairs want to shoot everywhere. They'll get yes. in their eyes and all that. So it's like, th this works out. Yeah. Uh, I well, say, I mean, there's times. Where it, you know, I'm getting lined up on my lips and I have my lips closed. They're closed. Yeah. And then all of a sudden I go to say something and then it's like in the back of my throat and I'm yep. like, oh, uh, cool. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, it's great. My, it's my least favorite part of a haircut is to line up a mustache because yeah. it goes in your mouth. It's in your eyes. It's just, it's uncomfortable. And going through barber school, that was one of the things I had to get over was being able to, to be in close proximity with people and yeah. be in a vulnerable position. You're touching people's faces. You're, yeah. you're up close and personal with them. And that's not something I was used to. I was no. in a crane at the mill by myself, didn't talk to anybody, you know, and then had to come over to this career where you're around everybody and you're up close and personal, you know. I would say, you know, probably my my least favorite thing in the chair is uh, you get guys that as soon as you turn off the clipper, they're they're up, they're sitting up there, they're looking around, and then it's like, okay, I need you to sit back. I'm yeah. still working here. So you, you almost leave your clipper running and try to, like, go to your station and grab other things so that, like, you keep them sitting oh, there, you know, because it. I'm working, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you got to get up and stretch, cool. But, I mean, the people, that's every second the clipper's off. They're, they're up moving, looking around. It's like, relax. Yeah. You're here to relax. <laughs> don't, don't. Yeah, I don't I don't get it. And uh, there's one friend of mine that, that does that, and I love him to death, and, and, and he loves coming to me, so... If he hears this, he will he will laugh. I'm not giving his name out, but I love him to death. But he's he's that's what he does. Yeah, every time, and and it, we've worked through it, and he's gotten a lot better now. But it's stuff that I never thought that I'd ever go through. You know? Yeah, that's crazy. And then one last thing, mm -hmm. um, how do you feel about like? Does anybody ever tell you like, hey man, um, can you just line me up? But like, oh, yeah. can I give you like twenty bucks? Yeah. I, I feel like I was or like ten bucks. Just, that, that just was line like me up. 
such an older part of barbering from when I came in, you know, um, that was a lot of, you know, before COVID and, and, you know, in the years prior, you know, that's what people wanted to come in. And then as I got into this, I would see posts on social media, you know, a lineup is a haircut. Yeah. You know what I mean? And at the shop we're at, people are pretty much in line with that anyways. They know it. I'm not, you're not getting around that with me. I feel like I've established myself enough now that people know what they're going to get. Yeah. And they know that that's what's on the table. Uh, there's people that, you know, uh, I might go out of my way for a little bit, you know, just to help out because I know that something's going on. But like the way I cut hair is the way I cut hair, you know. And you want to sit down for a haircut? Sure, I'll cut your hair. But if you want to play games, I'm good. Yeah. You know, so that's that's definitely one of the things that, you know, you're getting a haircut or I'm charging you for a haircut. Yeah. Yeah. That's something I learned when I first started going to Poly. Yeah. There was like some of his regulars would I'd, I'd be in the chair. Oh yeah, he'd be like you know he'd be cutting my hair, yeah. and then one of you know some guy would stop like oh, hey 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 can you can you just line me up like Real quick, yeah. like, like this right here just yeah. doesn't look right I I just need that yeah. just that like can I give you like five bucks He's yeah. like no man it, like what the fuck absolutely and I feel like what are you talking about after going to appointments though you kind of cut that out because everybody's time that has an appointment is more important than yeah. somebody, you know, just walking in. I mean, I like, don't get me wrong. I like to help friends out and I like to help my clients out, but you know, there's still got to, has to be that line between the professionalism side of oh, it, of course. you know, and I want to keep that, you know? And so that's a big thing that, you know, for the most part, like I've gotten to a point where you're booking my time, you know, so half hour and hour slots, you're not booking me by the service really, you know, and that's what I've wanted to go to for a while. I think it's yeah. important for barbers. So, you know, if my haircuts are 45 minutes, you know, that's more for my time than, you know, trying to get down to that 30 minute window, you know, yeah. so that's what I think about a lot. If I can give you a compliment, um, when I, when I first went mm -hmm. to you the first couple of times, I, I could have sworn like gun to my head. Someone were like, how long has Cyrus been yeah. cutting hair? Uh, 10 years? Yeah. I don't know, man. Yeah, sure. <laughs> why, why are you... <laughs> I yeah. would when you when you first told me that this was something new mm -hmm. and that like you're you're gonna be going into your second year, yeah. I was like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. What? Yeah. I would have never thought and one of the first times, the first and second time that I went to go get a haircut from you, Ali told me she was how was it? Yeah. She loved it. Yeah. I came home and she's like, Oh my god, it looks amazing. Yeah. I said, Thank you. She goes but how did you how did you like him? Sure. That's an important and I part go, to me. I go, he was he was great. He mm -hmm. was thorough. Mm -hmm. I go at no point did I like nothing felt rushed. Sure. It felt like okay, boom, I got it. Yeah. And that's something that I really appreciate because sure. that's something that Absolutely. I got from Polly. Mm -hmm. That's something that I got from JB. And I felt very spoiled mm -hmm. having that with them. Yeah. Um, I honestly didn't think I was going to sure because also like being from LA, Man. like I have this big city mentality Absolutely. where I Absolutely. see, I see small town and I go, oh, this is not going to uh, no, And trust me, that's one of the most intimidating things for me in this career is but that, then, like, that alone. Go, going to, I was like, oh shit, this yeah. motherfucker knows, well, he knows you. exactly what he's doing. And like when, uh, I think it was one of my brothers or something, mm -hmm. so, somebody asked me. They go, oh, I like I had mentioned mm -hmm. I went, and they're like, oh, it takes you an hour, and I go, yeah. They go, but why does it take so long? And I go, I mean, that's all yeah. I've ever known. Yeah, sure. I don't know. Well, no, that's not. 
I should say the good when I started getting sure. good haircuts. Sure. All I've ever known is an hour. It takes longer. There's in. It's not for everybody, but that's that's sometimes a sign of somebody who does take their time. I never wanted people to feel rushed in my chair. And early on, I was booking hour long appointments, and it was always when you're going to go down to thirty minutes. When you're going to go down to thirty minutes, it's like man, I'm so scared to do that because I saw people getting behind, and I was like. I, I left a job that was stressful that I didn't enjoy to come to this. Why would yeah. I create that? Yeah. Yeah. When I don't have to. Yeah. I wasn't there for the money for this job. I knew that w- me being who I was, I could get there, but I just I was worried about learning the fundamentals and establishing a good, you know, business model. <coughs> you know, uh so that I could, you know, build the foundation and not have to, you know, 5 years from now correct it. Yeah. I want to cut hair because I want to, not because I have to. Yeah. And I want the people to, I want, you know, my clients and friends and family, everybody to understand that, you know, and just make it about that. So I, I, I started, you know, kind of customizing my schedule and there's people that I get done in 30 minutes. Not every haircut is an hour long. Yeah. You know, the majority of my people now are 30 minutes, but, but it allows me that time when people book to adjust the times and create it so that I can have my day exactly how it needs to be planned out where people aren't waiting. Yeah. And I'm not stressed. And also I've never I've never gone in for my appointment mm-hmm. and have like your other appointment hasn't ever rolled into mine. Right. There's a reason for that. But I will say yeah. that for a while like that kind of happened. Sure. A couple times. Mm-hmm. Uh not with you, with mm-hmm. other barbers. Yeah. And I always, I was always irritated because I was like, "Hey, man, like I'm absolutely, I'm here for like I'm trying to respect your time. You respect mine, you know. But never have 100%. I. And even when you're like when you're done with an appointment, yeah. And then my my appointments coming up, yep. like you're hey, I'm ready man, to I'm go. ready for you. Yeah, I'm ready to go. And, my, yeah. and that's something that I learned being in the shop once again, watching certain people, you know, watching and learning and and establishing who I wanted to be behind the chair. You know, I'm there to work. My day is planned out. I love, you know, at the mill, I always knew my schedule a week in advance. So there was no changes. And when I first got into this being a walk-in barber, it was so stressful because it was just the run of the mill. Yeah. Everything. It didn't matter. And you were booking stuff and you were behind. And it was just, it was miserable. But then once I was able to, like, create this to where I wasn't, I didn't have to go down to half-hour appointments. I controlled who was a half-hour. Yeah. You know, I controlled who was an hour. Um, it made things so less stressful so that now that I'm booked out typically a week in advance, I get to walk in every day and know who I'm, I'm excited. I look at my schedule the night before I'm sending out text messages and everyone's replying. And I, and I, I appreciate that. Yes, absolutely. That was one of the things that keeps people up on their appointments. It's a little thing that I do just to establish that, Hey, I'm thinking about you. I'm excited for tomorrow because I, I I genuinely am excited. I love getting to be there. I get to talk with so many different people and enjoy it. I'm like, I, I don't get to see, you know, this guy tomorrow. I get, I, I am so excited to see him. Like, it's like, oh man, not this guy. It's yeah. like, man, I can't wait to see him. I can't wait yeah. to see him. And then it's like, you just, but, but, but do you have some of those guys? You're like, oh, this motherfucker. Man, I, <laughs> off mic. You can tell me off mic. You can tell me yeah. Off mic. Well, I will, I will say this. <laughs> I will say that the majority of everybody in my chair is supposed to be there. And that's Good. something we could always touch on at a different time is, not everybody is meant to be in your chair, and I had yeah. to learn that at a, at a really early stage because I wear my heart on my sleeve. I like, you know, 
I love people, like I've said, and I enjoy talking to them. So, you know, you get kind of hurt when people stray away and you're like, hey, yeah. what did I do? Yeah. You know, and so I just had to learn that, oh, he wasn't meant to be in my chair. Yeah. And there'll be somebody else that's an opportunity for somebody that's more like me to, to show up. And I feel completely that, you know, who you are as a person is what you put out there. You know, you'll attract that. Yeah. You, know, you know, we've all we've all heard that. I believe it because if you stay who you are, people get that and they'll either fall in line or they won't. Yeah. And then you'll get more and more people in that will be more like you and, and you'll enjoy more. I mean, that's just building a band, building a brand, building a business. Yeah, of know? course. So, yeah. Hey, man, thanks yes. very much for Absolutely. taking your day off and coming in and talking to me. Man, happy to be um, here. Very excited. I mean, I hope you guys enjoyed it. I really, yes, thank you. every every single week that I go, not every single week, every time I go see you, yes. um, it's great. I, 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 I feel relaxed. Likewise. Conversation is, is great. If you guys... Want a sweet haircut? Yes. Go to McFly's. Yes. Ask for Cyrus. Well, yep. don't ask for him. Well, you have to book him. Yes, you could you book, have to book. Uh, www.mcflies.shop. Do that and yes. remind them where, where they can follow sure. you. Uh, my Instagram name is Cyguy. It's C-Y-G-U-Y-Y-Y. And then you could find me on Facebook at Cyrus Wagner. Go check them out. Uh, guys, remember, tell everybody you know. Tell your mom, your neighbors. Even the people you don't like, tell them just be. Hey, you Word should listen to this. Best, yeah, you should listen to the podcast. Absolutely. Remember, rate, like, share, and subscribe to the Jesus Show, not that one. And I'll see you next week. <laughs>